pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. Blood. 
Never say, yes, Lord, I understand. Nevertheless, because you're going to get in trouble when you use that word nevertheless. Right. There is no nevertheless with God's word. Verse 29, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Now there is a spirit of faith. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. That's the spirit of fear, doubt, and unbelief. Yeah. Verse 32, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone has spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Grasshoppers in our sight and their sight. And first of all, they were spies, so the giants never seen them. So how do they know how they looked in their eyes? And besides that, when you have the word of God, it doesn't matter who's in the land, what's in the land, how big the mountains are, how old the cities are, and none of that makes any difference because you've got the word of God to go Amen. on. But they already negated the word by saying, nevertheless, they should have stuck with the word. Yes. Now the great apostle Paul told us in 1 Corinthians 10 and 11 that all these things that happened to Israel were examples for us and they were written for our admonition. So we're supposed to take examples from this, and we're supposed to be admonished or warned by the things that happened to the children of Israel. So the promised land, for example, is a type and shadow of the New Testament believer's life and the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost and the promises of God is our promised land. Amen? Amen. And so uh, this is a, a type of that. And in that land, there's the promise of healing, prosperity, provision, protection. It's a land of abundance. Now, you know, I come from an Italian background, and I'm telling you, we would have certain holidays and feasts, and I mean, we'd lay out a table. And we had an elderly aunt that was living with Pastor and I and the kids, and we loved her dearly, and she was crippled, but she still got, she still got around real good, and and did everything a normal person could do, and, and some of them even better, but I remember we'd call her to the dinner table, and she'd come in and she'd go, abundanza, <laughs> which means abundance, you know, more than enough. Yeah. And that's how God is with us, abundanza, yeah. all we ever need and then some, amen? So, uh, but just like any worthwhile endeavor, there's going to be challenges and obstacles to overcome. Yes. Nothing that's worthwhile in life is going to come easy. Uh, they had physical cities and physical walls and physical giants and physical rivers across, and, and uh, uh, they had to go in and actually conquer and possess the land. Yeah. Uh, I thought God gave it to him. He did. But he said, go in and possess it. Now, it's yours. Come on. I'm giving it. you the title deed yeah. to it, but you got to go in and possess it. Yeah. So Moses picked, up, picked out 12 men to go in that he thought were reliable, that he thought were brave, that he thought were strong, that he thought he could count on, that he thought could handle the mission. But obviously, he was wrong about 10 of them. And the Bible says he sent them in to spy out the land. But I have a point I have to make right here before I go any further. According to Deuteronomy chapter 1, Moses sent the spies in at the request of the people. Moses was a people person, a people pleaser. If God tells you something is yours, don't send no spies in to prove it. Take his word for it. It's yours. Go in and possess it. Yes. But Moses, to satisfy the people and please the people, he picked out the 12 leaders to go in and spy out the land in spite of what God said. God said it's yours. God said it's a land flowing with milk and hen honey. God said I've already given it to you. Now go in and possess it. 
Why would you want to send 12 spies in? You put the people's opinion above what God's word said. Ooh, and that never works out good for yeah. anybody. Nope. So God had already told them about the land. He believed them. Uh, or they should have believed him and just gone in boldly and possessed it like he told them to do. And as a result, they didn't do that, and they wander around the wilderness for 40 years until that whole generation dies out. So when we have God's word on something, that should be it, and that should be settled. We should never allow the opinions of people to influence us, especially people that don't understand our faith. And when God tells you all your needs are met in the land, don't send a spy in to see if it's true or not, because that's fear, doubt, and unbelief. Just take God as his word for it and say, all my needs are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Yes. Amen. 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 End of the story. But spying out the land is a strategy. And it's used by military commanders even to this day. You know, most of our great military uh, commanders learn some of their strategies from this book right here. He learned, they learned from Joshua and some of the things he did, some of the plans that God gave him. You know, if you're going in, go with the sun behind you. Yes. Things like that. And God even made it rain so that when the sun shined, it reflected off the pools of water like mirrors and blinded the enemy. So we learned, they learned things from that. And they use some of those things to this very day. Uh, it's actually a a modern-day term called reconnaissance. And reconnaissance means to recognize and see. Recognize and see. Uh, it's a military uh, definition. is military observation of a region to locate an enemy or ascertain certain strategic features. So it's good to send scouts in because they'll get the lay of the land. They'll tell you all about the land, where the enemy is, what kind of supply line, all this stuff is useful information for the commander. But the, the abbreviated modern military word for it is recon. <clears throat> the men they sent out are called scouts. Yes. And their job is to recognize and see. See what the terrain is like. Are there hills, mountains, wooded areas? Can we use armored tanks or personnel carriers? Can the infantry traverse the land, or do we have to drop them by helicopters or bring in the 82nd Airborne and drop them in with yeah. parachutes. These are some of the things that they need to know. And, and so they would get the lay of the land and find these different uh, landmarks and stuff. And, you know, they would look for places of cover and concealment. What happens when we drop them in? Is there a place they can find cover and concealment? How many enemy troops? What kind of weapons do they have? Are there bridges? Uh, where is their supply terminals or supply lines? These are all vital things that they need to know. And uh, uh, not only that, but they, before they left the land, they would draw a map of the land. And they would say, this is a hill, this is a valley, this is a forest, this is the enemy's camp, this is this and this is that. And they would bring that information and that map back to the commander. And they would determine from the reconnaissance how they would go in and actually conquer the land. What direction to approach. Like I said, if you want the sun behind you, you come in from the east. Uh, if it's in the evening, you come in from the west. You know, do we want to go in when it's dark? Do we want to go in at dawn or dusk? What's the best time to go in? How many men should we send in? What kind of equipment? What kind of weapons? Should we send an airstrike in first? Should we use artillery? What are, what's, what's the best way to go? And so, uh, and we have to remember now, these are things that were done for our example. That's what the Apostle Paul said. And for our ad admonition, so we're admonished to learn from these lessons. Yeah. And here's one of the things I learned from this example. The scout's only job is to go in, recognize and see, draw a map, and bring that information back to the commander. That's their job. It's not their job to give their opinions or determine whether or not they should go in or how they should go in. Just tell the commander what you recognized and saw and give him the map. Let him make those decisions. That's the mistake that the 10 spies did. They stuck their two cents in it. 
And they overrode the word of God. They put fear and doubt and unbelief into all the people because of what they saw. So keep your mouth shut. Amen. They should have kept their mouth shut. Yes. Faithless spies. Our commander-in-chief, the commander of the heavenly host, yes. the Lord Jesus yes. Christ, the word of God tells us what we can do. He's already been in the land. He's already traversed it. He's already reconned it. He already has a map of it. He knows exactly. He's been where we're going. And so we should just give him the information. Let him give us the strategy. Let him give us the plan, which he did. It's right here. Yes. Hallelujah. He wrote it all out right here. Yes, he did. Tell your commander what the doctor said. Tell your commander what the banker said. Tell your commander what the teacher said. Tell your commander what the boss on the job said. Yes. Tell him what your problem is. Let him give you the strategy to go in and defeat the enemy. That's right. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. He's given me and Pastor Ed a strategy. We have an enemy knocking at the door. And we went to him for the plan. I said, Doc, or, or God, this is the information that the doctors give us. What's the plan? And he gave us a plan, hallelujah. hallelujah. And we're going in and we're uh, possessing and conquering. Yes. And I, I remember we had a saying when I was in the military, and it's even used in civilian circles today. When in doubt, petty when. When in doubt, Queenie, Daryl, any military guys in here? When in doubt, send a scout. Get some information. Amen? And again, uh, our commander isn't looking for our opinion. Uh, he, he's not asking us whether or not we think we're capable of going in. That's right. Wow. I'm too weak to do this. No, when you're weak, you're strong. Yes. He tells us the opposite of what we think. That's right. So just keep it to yourself. Don't make a fool out of yourself. Mm -hmm. Amen? Yes. So, I mean, he's already reconned. He's already been there. He's already been where we're going. And so he don't need our opinion. He knows everything that he needs to know. All he needs is our obedience and for yes. us to listen to what he has to say. Let the word of God determine the strategies. Let him give you the instructions and the battle plan. So if you're not sure where you're going or the journey that you're about to embark on, it's okay to confer with the scout. Because he's been there. He's recognized and saw. In other words, talk to someone who's been there. Talk to somebody that's already traversed that land. Talk to somebody that knows the way, someone that knows the lay. Uh, someone that knows the advantages and the pitfalls of what you're about to embark on when you enter into that land to conquer and possess whatever it is that you need to possess. Talk to someone who can recognize and see what to expect in the land that you're going to and then listen to their sermons, listen, uh, read their books, listen to their advice. And, I mean, if you're getting married, find somebody that's been there for 50 years. Are you getting ready to buy a new car, a new house? Find somebody that's been there. Don't ask somebody that's been living in an apartment all their life. They don't have the experience. They haven't been in that land yet. They haven't possessed that yet. That's right. Going to college? Talk to somebody that's been there. Going to relocate? Going to start a new career? Going to try to attack and break an addiction? Talk to somebody that's been there. Talk to somebody that's been in the land and understands the layout. Talk to someone that knows the pitfalls and the things to watch for in the place where you're going. You can learn some things. We don't have to learn everything the hard way. I've learned a lot of things in my life the hard way. It's because my head was just as hard as the way. Pastor, I said, thank you, Jesus. You're preaching now. And there's something else that's important. If you happen to be a scout, Keep your opinions to yourself. Amen. That's true. <laughs> Let me say that again. It was so good. If you happen to be a scout, keep your opinion. Just tell them your experience. Tell them what you found. Tell them the pitfalls and the advantages of where you've been. Just give them the information 
they need from the things you learn and then let them make their own decisions. Tell them what you learned from your marriage experience, but don't tell them whether or not they should get married or who they should marry. That's right. Tell them what you learned in the land of finances, but don't tell them what to buy or uh, what to spend their money on. Tell them what you learned from exploring the field of higher education. There isn't any such thing anymore. But tell them what you learned from that land and then let them choose their own career path. A lot of times we like to tell them, oh no, that's no good. Don't take that path. Take this, be, be, a, be a nurse. Uh, don't be an auto mechanic. Do this, do that. No, they gotta be what they wanna be. Just give them the information you have let them make their own decision. But above all, never ever discourage them Amen. or plant fear, doubt, or unbelief in them, yes. uh, especially of their selves. Yes. Give them confidence and encourage them. And, and just give them the information and the experience that you gathered while you were in the land and maybe even help them develop some strategies, but let them make the final plan. Amen. Let them have the final decision. They gotta be happy with it, not you. Ten of the twelve spies told the people what they recognized and saw in the land, and then they made the fatal error of giving them their opinions. And you know, when you have the word of God, your opinion don't mean diddly. But they discouraged the people and told them that they weren't able to go in and possess the land. And it filled them with fear and doubt and unbelief because the people believed them over the word of God. You know, you can tell me whatever you want, but it doesn't affect me until I believe it, until I receive it. Then I begin to act on it. You can plant, try to plant fear and doubt and unbelief in me, but if I know the word of God is true, which I do, and he told me 300 and something times to fear not, and he told me that he hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, and that I have nothing to fear. I'm going to reject what you said. Amen. But if I'm weak and don't understand the word of God or don't have enough faith in the word of God, I might receive that. And then it's going to affect my life, and you'll be responsible for it. God told them in Deuteronomy, he says, look. The Lord, Yahweh Elohim, your God, has set the land before you. Go up and possess it. As the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you, do not fear or be discouraged. He told us, go in and possess it. Don't fear or be discouraged. That tells me that he must have a plan. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows that we're going to be victorious when we go in there if we just follow his lead follow his plan and work his strategies, which is the word of God, yeah. we're going to possess that land. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But they did the opposite. Yeah. All they had to do was go in and possess it, but they chose not to. I mean, did he say you were healed? Did he say by his stripes you were healed? Yes. Did he say he wants you to prosper and be in good health even above all things? Did he say you were saved? Did he say you were free? Did he say that all your needs are met? Did he tell you to go in and possess it? Yes. That's all you need to know. That's right. You don't need anybody's opinions. You don't need anybody telling you that healing's been done away with and money is evil and God don't want you to prosper. He wants you to be poor and humble. You might believe that junk. But they refused to go in because of fear, doubt, and unbelief. That's the only reason they didn't go in. They believed the ten spies over God's word. They believed the opinions of people over the word of God. They said, how can we go in? Our brethren, the ten faithless spies, have discouraged our hearts. Well, that's something that you never want anybody to be able to say about you. And you especially don't want God to ever be able to say that about you, that you discourage somebody's heart. That's why scouts need to keep their opinions to themselves. Mm -hmm. Just give the uh, reconnaissance, give them what you recognize and saw, and keep your mouth shut. 
You know how many times people have discouraged others with their own fears and doubts and unbeliefs? It's contagious. Yes, it is. That's why we have to be careful of the circle we keep. Because yes. you're going to absorb whatever's in your circle. Yes. And, uh, you know, just because they don't believe in faith or healing or miracles or prosperity or being filled with the Holy Ghost or speaking in other tongues doesn't mean that they should discourage others. Keep your fears, doubt, and unbelief to yourself. Amen. Better not to say nothing than to discourage somebody. I've seen little kids excited about something and jumping and running and playing and laughing and full of joy and some dummy come up to them and tell them something discouraging and, and break their little spirits and all of a sudden now they don't feel like running and jumping and dancing anymore. That should never be us. We should never That's do anything right. to cause somebody right. to stop dancing. That's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The ten faithless spies brought up what God called an evil report. Anytime you uh, uh, report something and there's fear, doubt, and unbelief in it, God calls it evil. And it is evil because it came from the evil one. And, and so they're saying, the land eats up its inhabitants. We saw men of great stature. We saw giants. We looked like grasshoppers to them. That's discouraging. But here's the thing. They're saying, we saw, we saw, we saw in our sight. There was too much emphasis on what they saw. They were walking by sight and not by faith. Amen. God says we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. And if you want to walk by faith, then you can never go by what you see. That's right. Amen. 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 And, and maybe what you see is a fact, but it's not the truth. Amen. It's not God's word concerning that thing. Doctors' reports are facts, but they're not the truth. Yes. They may be a fact, but they're not the truth. Amen. So whose report are you going to believe, Isaiah asked us? Yes. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yes. See, it doesn't make any difference what you see or feel. Don't put your opinion on God's word. God's word don't need our opinion. We walk by faith and not by sight. And you can't walk by sight because it's faithless. That's why God says don't walk by what you see. Don't act on what you see or hear or feel. And, and that's why these people didn't go in. They were acting on what they saw. They were acting on how they felt. Uh, yeah, you're going to have fear. I mean, fear comes at me just like it does you, but we have to do something with it. You know, every hero, every uh, Congressional Medal of Honor winner, every guy that won a, a medal for bravery in the uh, military or anywhere else, or maybe just rescued somebody in a uh, traffic accident or something, it doesn't mean he didn't have fear. It meant that he overcame his fear. And he did something in spite of his fear. We're all going to have fear, but God taught us how to deal with it. You need to overcome it. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These people relied on what they saw, you know, how they felt when they should have relied on God's word who said, go in and possess it. Yeah. You're well able. So Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4.18, look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not things seen. Why? Because it takes faith to look at things that are not seen with the naked eye. For the things which are seen are temporal. All those things that they that struck fear in their hearts, the mountains, the giants, all the obstacles, the walled cities, the, uh, the enemy troops and all of that, all temporal. And if they would have went in, God would have took care of all that stuff. You know that great wall around Jericho that I was going to preach about today? Temporal. Temporal and subject to change. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God had the plan. Yes. Those Israelites didn't know what they were doing marching around this city. They probably murmuring under their breath because Joshua told them to keep their mouth shut. But they're probably murmuring under their breath. What good is this going to do? How is this going to affect these great walls and everything? Just shut up and do what God told you to do. Keep marching. Yes. 
Keep marching. If they would have stopped marching, they would have never seen those walls fall. But they obeyed because of a strong leader, and they saw the walls fall, and they conquered that city that day. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Brother Joe, I changed the battery, I swear. <laughs> Hold on a minute, folks. I bet they got eternal batteries in heaven. They'll never go dead. Thank you, brother. Hallelujah. How's that? Any better? Uh oh. How's that? Hallelujah. Becoming a quick change battery artist. Battery, a quick change artist for batteries. Something like that. But anyway, he said those things are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I'm sticking with the eternal. The two spies that did believe God tried to encourage the people to go in. Remember Caleb said, let us go in at once, for we are well able yes. to yes. possess the land. Well able to overcome yes. it. Amen. And that's a spirit of faith. Yes. And you know that same spirit of faith that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. We have a spirit of faith if we just stir it up and activate it. Yes. As soon as you hear something that's full of fear, doubt, and unbelief, go to the Word. Activate that spirit of faith. Say, we're well able to overcome it. I know the circumstances don't look good. I know that all the odds are against us. I know that this thing has never been beat before. I know that uh, nobody's ever overcome this financial mountain. But we are more than able to overcome it. You may not even have the plan yet. You may not even know how it's going to be done or what you're going to do. But just trust God. He's got the plan. Yes. He's got the strategy. Yes. He's been there. Yes. The other ten spies, they said, no, no, no. We're not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than us. In your eyes, what you saw. Mm -hmm. But in God's eye, nothing. It's nothing to him. Amen. They were defeated before they ever engage the enemy. That's right. And isn't it funny how we always have a tendency to believe a bad report over a good one? Uh oh, not I mean, a pain hits us and we think the worst. But God said, don't worry about it. My stripes healed that pain. My stripes carried that sickness and disease. You don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, but the doctor said. Yeah, but God said. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. No, nothing against doctors. You know I love doctors. Hallelujah. I love my doctor. Hallelujah. But the doctor don't have the final say. Amen. 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 Yes. They're doing the best they can. They're trying to encourage you. They're giving you the best technology they know, the best medicine they know. But they don't have the final say. Amen. 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 And I thank God for an encouraging doctor. Yes. Uh, you know, a doctor did to tell you, uh, yeah, you, you're going to die, but I don't know when and I don't know from what, but it's not going to be from this. That's right. Hallelujah. That's encouraging. Amen. But we have a tendency to believe the bad report. And if only they would have believed God and gone in boldly, they would have possessed the land. And I don't believe they would have lost a soldier. How many times have we thought, Ah, oh, only I would have believed God. If only I would have believed his word. If only I would have prepared ahead of time. How many times have we done that? I've done it once or twice. Only I would have did what God said to do and didn't listen to other people's opinions. But you know, whether you like it or not, there's going to be times in your life when your faith is challenged. If you have any faith, it's going to be challenged. And you're going to have to cross some rivers and conquer some walled cities and slay some giants and move some mountains. You're going to have to do it. I'm not trying to be a, a brother doom or anything like that. I'm just telling you the truth. But faith in God will do all those things for you. 
And there's going to be times in your life when you're going to have to stand on the word of God and fight for the things that you're believing him for. Remember a few weeks ago I preached taking it by force? Not taking something from God by force, but getting in there by force and getting to the thing that God has for you, just like that woman with the issue of blood. Yeah. She went in and possessed her land. Yeah. And boy, nothing was going to stop her. That's right. Everything was working against her. All yeah. the circumstances were working against her. Yeah. All the doctors were exhausted. Her bank account was exhausted. This was her last effort to get healed. Yeah. She seen that healing in Jesus, his, her promised land, and nothing could stop her from getting to him and possessing that Amen. healing. Lord. That's the kind of bulldog tenacity that we have to have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you ever noticed your healing doesn't always come easy? Sometimes it does. Sometimes you're just sitting there praising the Lord and all of a sudden you get healed. Yeah. But that's the, that's the uh, exception. Usually you have to stand on the word and fight for your healing. Yeah. You have to possess that land. Yeah. And, and, you know, even... Even when God delivers you, you have to stay. You have to fight to stay free. Yes. And, and God said He prospered you in the land, but have you noticed that you might have to work for that prosperity? Come on. God may have promised you all these things, but there's going to be a wall city, a big old mound, a giant, a river to cross. There's going to be some kind of obstacle between you and the thing that God promised you for. Uh, promised you. And that doesn't mean he doesn't want you to have it. That means he wants you to fight for it. He wants you to go in and possess it. Take it. He's already purchased it for you. He's already did everything he's going to do on the cross at Calvary and at that whipping post. There's nothing else for him to do except tell you to go in and possess it. It's already yours. Hallelujah. Yet some of you are defeated before you even try. Some of you give in without a fight. I had plenty of opportunities in my lifetime. And I'm going to tell you right now, I might not have, I might not have uh, got all the things that I wanted, but I'm telling you what, I went down fighting. I didn't lay down on nothing that I put my mind to. I fought for everything. Amen? Never gave up on anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's going to be times in your life when you don't feel like you can do it. But I'm here to tell you this morning, you can do it. Don't give up without a fight. That's right. And if you go down, make sure you go down in a fight. And then get back up. And get up swinging. Yes. Moses, because he was a people pleaser, never succeeded in getting Israel into the promised land. And right after he died, God appoints Joshua as his successor. And Joshua is the one that actually led them into the promised land. And he had a different uh, style of leadership than Moses did. Yes, he did. Now, Moses was a good leader, don't get me wrong. And I, I, and I realized that uh, he did lead them out of Egypt and right to the very edge of the promised land, but never made it in. Uh, you know, it's, it's like something happened to him on that journey. And I know I couldn't even imagine the stress that he went through leading two million rebellious children through a land. Can you imagine the burden on his back? So, I mean, it seemed to be more easily, he seemed to be more easily persuaded by the people than Joshua was. Joshua wasn't a people pleaser. He was a God pleaser. And, uh, you know, Moses sent out 12 scouts, and based on the bad report of 10 of them, failed to lead the people in. Yeah. You can say what you want about the 10 spies, but the ultimate responsibility to lead them in fell on Moses. Mm -hmm. He should have overrode them 10 spies. Right. He should have spanked them in the town square, mm -hmm. and then still went in to possess the land. Yeah. Now, let me show you the difference between Moses and Joshua. The children are standing on the edge of the promised land just like they were 40 years earlier. And Joshua did the same thing Moses did. He sent in scouts. Yeah. But he only sent in two. 
Not because he doubted God, but because he really wanted intelligence from the land. He was a military strategist, and he was truly seeking a strategy to go in. And he picked the right scouts, too, because when they returned, they brought back what was called a good report, not an evil report. And a good report, all that is is confirming what God said. That's a good report. You go against what God said and go according to your opinion, that's an evil report. Yes, it is. So they told Joshua, truly the Lord, Yahweh Elohim, has delivered all the land into our hands. And the reason he used the Lord, L-O-R-D, all capitals, is because he wanted to emphasize Yahweh Elohim, yes. because in those two names combined is God's greatest power. So he's saying Yahweh Elohim guarantees this yes. victory. Yes. So he says, truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands. Has delivered. Past tense. Yes, yes. come on. Amen. For indeed all the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. Yes. Faint-hearted. So what if they're giants? So what if they live in Wall City? So what if they have bigger armies? They lost heart. They're faint-hearted. They're afraid of you. That gives you the advantage. Well, they're really afraid of God. But the same land, same Wall City, same giants, same mountains, but they didn't get hung up on that. They stuck with the word of God, and they went according to what God said. So Joshua evaluated the information he received from the two scouts, and he made a decision to go in. He didn't ask anyone's opinion. He didn't ask anyone's advice. He didn't look for a majority vote. Yeah. He didn't look for any of that. He didn't try to please the people. Ask their, he didn't even ask his other officers. He just took the recon and made a decision, we're going in. Yeah. In Joshua 1, 10 and 11, it says, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, telling them to, Pass through the camp yeah. and command the people, saying, yeah. Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you will cross this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord Yahweh Elohim, your God, has given you to possess. Amen. He didn't ask his officers to pass through the camp, he commanded them. He didn't ask the people to prepare to go in, he commanded them to prepare yeah. to go in. He didn't ask them if they wanted to cross the Jordan. He said, in three days, you will cross this Jordan. Yes. One way or another, you crossing this Jordan. Hallelujah. Because on the other side of that Jordan is your promised land. Yes. Now, again, I'm not second-guessing old Moses. Because uh, hindsight is crystal clear. I got the whole story. Moses didn't have the whole story. But I wonder what would have happened if he said the same thing to all the crybabies. Like I said, give them 10 spies a good spanking in front of everybody and then say, no, you will cross this Jordan and you will cross it today. We're going in. Amen. What would have happened? They wouldn't have wandered in the wilderness 40 years. But again, that's hindsight. But the first thing they had to possess in the promised land was a well-fortified city, walled city, by the name of Jericho. In Joshua 6, 1 and 2, it says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up. I bet they're looking at the Israelites on the other side of the Jordan. And now they know about all the miracles that God uh, performed for them in the wilderness and all the things that happened. Uh, you know, the parting of the Red Sea, the parting of the Jordan, and all of these. They know all of that stuff. So now they're really scared. But Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. That means that wall was, the gates were closed. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given, past tense, into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. I have given them to you. We're still standing on this side of the Jordan. We haven't even crossed over yet. We ain't even standing in front of Jericho. And God said, I've already given it to you. Gave you the king and all his mighty men of valor that are protecting him. Amen. And God told Moses this. He said, look. He told Moses to look, but he told Joshua to see. And there's a difference between looking and seeing. 
The first thing that God told Joshua was to see. Why is that? Because God is imparting vision into Joshua and the Israelites. You know, it's one thing to look at the promised land. It's another thing to see yourself in the promised land. Amen. See, that was the problem. You know, uh, God couldn't get the children of Israel into the promised land until he got the promised land into them. And that happens through vision. Yeah. He got the promised land in Joshua. Yeah. Yes. And when Joshua looked, he didn't just look at the promised land. He seen himself in the promised land. Amen. And he said, that's mine. I'll be possessing it real soon. I'll be enjoying the promised land real soon because I see it. I see myself in it. Amen. Yes. So God wants you to see. Yes. He wants me to see. He wants you, he wants you to see yourself healed. He wants you to see yourself prospering. He wants you to see yourself victorious. He knows you might not be there yet. But until he can get it in you where you can see yourself in that position, That's you're not going to possess it. Yes. Get the vision. Yes. Read the word. Yes. See what the commander said about this situation. And then see yourself there. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 You know, uh, Mark eleven twenty four tells us that, you know, when you stand praying, uh, believe that you receive when you yeah. pray, yeah. not after you got in there and got it, yeah. believe you receive when you pray. Yes. You don't have it physically, but you see yourself with it. Yes. That's vision. That's what you got to get inside of you. Yeah. Don't just look at the promised land. See yourself in it. Don't just look at healing. See yourself healed. Don't just look at uh, prospering and being in good health. See yourself already prospering and in good health. And that vision will direct your uh, thoughts and it will direct your words and it will direct your actions and you will one day move into that position. Amen. Amen. He wants you to see yourself enjoying it before you're ever in it. Amen. Here's another thing about Joshua. He was a soldier. Yes. He was a warrior. He understood authority both going up and down the chain. Yes. And, and soldiers understand authority. That's one thing about a soldier. And I've always said this. I wish every young man and a lot of young women would get some military experience. Yes. Even if it's just a couple years. Get that military experience because it will be invaluable for you for the rest of your life. I'm still following practices and doing things that I did in the military, that I learned in the military. Yes. And one of them things is discipline. Yes. You don't hit the button on the alarm clock in the military. They'll t turn your whole bed over. <laughs> and another thing, soldiers understand authority better than anybody else. You get somebody that was in the military, and he gets out of the military, and something goes on, and the police officer tells him, stop in the name of the law. He's going to stop. Why? Because he understands authority. They're not going to shoot him because he, he understands authority and he knows that police officer has authority over me right now. Yeah. And even if I'm right and he's wrong, we'll sort that out later because I understand authority and I'm not going to give him the authority to shoot me. Amen? So, you know, they never argue with their leaders or disobey them. Or what happens, Queenie? They get an Article 15. <laughs> Queenie said he had three of them. <laughs> well, I hope you learned about authority since then. <laughs> but you know, Joshua was fully submitted to those above him, and he also expected those beneath him to be fully submitted to him. And he wouldn't settle for nothing less. You know, a centurion come to Jesus one time, a soldier, and he led a hundred men. That's what centurion means. And so he understood authority above and beneath him. And he asked Jesus to come to his house and, or, or to heal his servant. And Jesus said, I'll come to your house and heal him. And he says, no, no, Lord. He says, I'm not worthy for you to even enter my house. He said, just speak the word and he will be healed. Now, what is that? He understood authority. He knew Jesus' authority in the spirit. He said, Lord, you speak the word. 
And that sickness has to obey because yeah. you have authority. Yeah. And I understand yeah. that authority. He said, because I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me, yes. and I say to this man, go, and he goes, yes. and to another, come, and he comes, yes. and to my servant, do this, and he does it. Yes. And Jesus was so impressed. It said, the Bible said he marveled. How I many know it's hard to get Jesus to marvel about anything, because he knows everything, he's seen everything, but yet he marveled at this uh, centurion's response. And he says, go your way, and as you have believed in that authority that I have, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed in that self-same hour. Yes. That centurion is an example that we should follow. He never questioned Jesus' authority. He never doubted what he said. He just said, yes, sir, and then he turned, and he did exactly what Jesus said told him to do. Yes. Go your way. He yes. says, yes, sir. He turned. Never doubted that his servant was going to get healed. Never doubted Jesus' authority. And he went his way fully expecting to find his servant healed when he got home. And he did. But what's this got to do with Moses and Joshua? You remember why Moses wasn't allowed to go into the promised land? God told him to speak to the rock. He'd already struck it once before and it brought forth water. And that, rip, that rock was Jesus Christ in type and shadow. And uh, when he struck the rock, it was a type and shadow of the crucifixion. Because the Lord struck his son Jesus for our sins. And so they come into the situation again. And again, no water. And God told him to speak to the rock. And it would bring forth water. But him trying to impress the people, he strikes the rock again, which means that he's crucified the Lord again. And that's why he didn't go in the promised land. Disobedience. What's that got to do with anything? Well, let me tell you this. If he told Joshua to, to speak to the rock, he would have never struck it. Why? Because he understood authority going up and coming down. And he knew to obey his superior officer at all costs. Whether he agreed with him, uh, had a different opinion or anything else, That's he right. was going to do what God told him to do and nothing more. That's right. So he would have never struck that rock. Why? Because he understood authority. Yes. And when Jesus heard the centurion, like I said, he was marveled. He marveled and said, I haven't found so great a faith no nowhere in Israel. And he had 12 disciples that were with him all that time, seeing all those miracles, all those healings, all those deliverances. Uh, he, they seen the, the fig tree cursed and the leaf fall. They seen all of that stuff, and they didn't have as much uh, faith as this heathen centurion. I have not found so great faith in all of Israel. He probably gave his disciples an evil eye, including you. <laughs> But that, that centurion recognized the authority that Jesus had. If we only understood that, really understood that, we would never question his word again. And when he says, by my stripes you are healed or were healed, we would say, yes, sir, and we would turn and go our way. Never doubting, never having any fear, but understanding if Jesus said it, there's enough authority in what he said to make it happen. Amen. 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 If he said, I'll supply all your needs according to your, his riches and glory, then that should be the end of your worrying, the end of your anxiety, and you should just say, yes, sir, and go your way. No doubt, no fear, no unbelief. If he said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed, yes, sir. Turn around and walk free. Amen. 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 I mean, this is what would happen if we understood authority yes. and understood the authority that Jesus had, not only what he had, but what he's given us. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Yes, sir. Why would you ever feel forsaken or alone again? Yes, come on. Why? Because you didn't believe him? And you didn't understand the authority he had in saying that. He says, walk by faith and not by sight. Yes. 
Yes, sir. And turn and walk by faith and not by sight. When we understand the authority in Jesus and the authority in his word, and we truly have a revelation of it, we'll never doubt it again. There will never be another, another nevertheless. There will never be a but. There will never be any of that stuff. He said it. We say, yes, sir. And we turn and ex fully expect it to happen. Amen. Hallelujah. And soldier, these are not suggestions. These are orders. He's not suggesting yes. that by his stripes you're healed. That's, right. That's a commandment. That's an order. Yes. He paid for that. Yes, he He's got the right to say it. Yes, he does. He said, everywhere the sole of your foot is tread, that have I given unto you. Already yes. gave it to you. Yes. You just ain't treading it out. Amen. You ain't walking it out. Come on. If he said all your needs are supplied according to his riches and glory, why are you looking down here and saying, well, I can't see where it's coming from? It ain't coming from down here. It ain't coming from somebody that you know. It ain't coming from your boss. It's not coming from your job. He said, uh, that according to his riches and glory, it's coming from heaven. Unlimited resources in heaven. Thank you, Lord. But it takes faith to reach up and receive. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. I'm done. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I've preached myself happy. I'm going to get a copy of this and listen to it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God, we appreciate your word so much, so much, so much. And God, we know that the Old Testament and all the things that the children of Israel went through and the experiences they had were for our example and for our admonition. We are admonished to learn from them. And, Lord, we learn from them today for sure. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, for the types and shadows and the things that you confirm. We know that it's in the old concealed, but it's in the new revealed. And you just reveal some things for us here. That might have been Old Testament. It might have been all natural, physical things. But, God, we have a spiritual promised land here and spiritual weapons. And we, we defeat the enemy in the spirit first, yes. and then we enjoy the manifestation of it in the physical yes. realm. Thank you, Thank you for that insight yes. today, Lord. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for leading and guiding us. Thank you for being our great commander-in-chief. Hallelujah. And Lord, when we need a plan, we know where to get it now. Hallelujah. We know that you've already reconned the land, and you know the lay of it. You drew the map, and you drew the instruction book for us. And we all we have to do is confer with your word, and we'll have the battle plans, and we will have the victory in every area and on every front with any kind of enemy or obstacle. Thank you for it. Praise you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord. Thank you.